We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. I mean, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Is there anything better than opening up your refrigerator after a long day, seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge? The answer is no. There's nothing better. That's why... When it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show, episode 345. The Yankees went over, crossed the pond, and just embarrassed the Red Sox on a national stage. All those poor Europeans, all those poor British people must think, the Red Sox are a fake team. They must think they're a minor league baseball team because they probably don't know they won the World Series last year, let's be honest. The Yankees dominated this weekend, headlines-wise and on the field. What's up, Scott? I think they do know because there were a lot of Red Sox hats in the uh, in the crowd there, so I have a feeling they, they latched onto a team. Or the fact that they just don't want to root for a team called the Yankees. I think there was actually, though, a good chunk of people in the, in the stands that were from America or expats or something. We actually have have an email about that of uh, a regular listener of the show who was at the games. But I know the Red Sox offered up tickets to a lot of their season ticket holders, and uh, apparently a bunch of them bought tickets and went over there. Ah, interesting, so. interesting. 
Yeah, no, I think it was a super interesting dynamic. Um, the I think that po- probably the you know the second game was more normal than than the first game. You I know, guess. by by some standard, but at least the the majority of it. The first game was just incredibly strange. It just incredibly it strange. I, I know it we're gonna break fake. down. It did feel fake, and and uh, there's a couple things that were like very very clear signs that it was not a real situation. <laughs> the I mean, first they even time they've they ever even, done it. There's gonna be some. There's gonna be some hiccups. But it's not even so much the hiccups because I think everything went relatively smoothly. It was the play on the field. It was the fact that there were yeah. you can't force something that feels unnatural, and I think that's what it felt like. It felt like an unnatural situation for these guys. Adovino was very forthcoming with the way that he thought and very, you know, out outspoken in the sense that he said it felt like an exhibition game. But they knew it wasn't. They knew they had to win, but it felt like an exhibition game. Like, of course, it I mean, makes a lot of sense that it did in a way. It's an it's an exhibition in the sense that they're they're being presented. This is this is who they've chose. This is who Major League Baseball chose the Yankees and the Red Sox to present their sport to another audience. So in a way, yeah. they're 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 being. But but when I say exhibition game, I mean not. Counting. You mean like a yeah, like a fake game. Yeah, obviously it counts. Like in a the game standing. that doesn't count for for you know what you're playing for at the end of the season. That's but why I said I forget it absolutely if, did. I forget if I said this to you or if I, I said it to JJ last episode. That it almost feels like the All Star Game would be a good uh, place, would be a good game for this. You could do the home run. Yeah, we derby. talked. We talked about that. Okay, yeah, yeah you could. You, that is more what I think. But who knows? I mean, it was maybe. Do you think Europeans are, are excited about baseball after this, or do you think they were never going to be excited? And this is just all people who already have some ties to baseball that were excited. The game is over in their country. You know, so I mean, if we're talking about if we're, if we're getting right into this and 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 going what else through, we got, what else are we doing? What else have we got? To get well, into? going through the so the, the, I think the perspectives are very different for what we're looking at. I think that Major League Baseball accomplished what they wanted to do. Major League Baseball wanted to go over to London and they wanted to present two teams that were bitter rivals, so they have a story behind it. They they had all that. They got the storylines. You know, I'm sure they had uh, all sorts of clips. I don't know exactly what was being shown over there. As far as you know, local quote local coverage, and then how much of the ESPN stuff I know was simulcast and, and broadcast over there as well. But so they had all the all the backstory with the Yankees and the Red Sox, and I think when you're talking about something new, you need a backstory. You need an emotional tie to that um, to that game or to those to those teams. And I think they they connected with that. Um, and I think that from what I've heard and from what I've seen from talking to JJ and Keith and from seeing everybody who was over there, everybody there had a phenomenal time. Like they all had a really, really good time. It was, a, it was, it was at, when you were there, it seemed like everything went very well. I think on our, on our side, when we're baseball fans looking at a Yankees Red Sox game, you know, not caring really where it's played, but it is being played in London. We're looking at this game like kind of a shit show, kind of a, um, a traveling circus act. Bad baseball, probably because a lot of the the um, surroundings were new. The field was different. The shadows, the the foul territory. The field, the, the field the was sp- like a whole other animal in this entire weekend. The field it was, was a totally a, different. The field thing. was a factor. Oh, for sure. There's no doubt about it. The situation was a factor. The ambiance was a factor. The fact that there were white seats were a factor. Right. The fact that there was a big black uh, batter's eye that was completely blacked out and like pretty good coverage. I think from the from where the, the batter was, I think is, it was bigger and a little bit different. But they said that, I think it was um, on the ESPN broadcast today, they said 
at there at a certain point early in today's game, Sunday's game, it was, the sun was shining off of that, and it wasn't even really black to the to the batter that he was get the batters were getting a crazy glare off that, which is why I think maybe we saw from like innings two through four no scoring today because they couldn't right. see the baseball. That's possible. That's Basically, very possible. every other inning there were base runners and people mashing the ball, except innings two through four on Sunday. Yeah, I mean it's crazy when you when you start out the game and you're putting up a six spot. You're like, okay, this is how this is gonna go. We're gonna <laughs> demolish them. Then it's the same thing in the next half inning. You're like, well, didn't that this almost feel staged? Didn't that feel like part of it was like, okay, major league I know baseball it wasn't, like, but throw meatballs. Yeah, yeah, throw meatballs. Give these guys a show. Yeah, I mean. You know, it it was uh, it was just wild to see how it started and doing. But yeah, the, I mean, the field for sure was a big. You could see how fast the ball was. I mean, there were a couple, you know, balls that were hit on a line to to Gardner in left field that just kept going. You know, like super quick. That's also maybe where the um, the white seats, like you said, came into play because the fielders maybe are picking it up a split second later. So yes, the turf yeah. is already faster, but then their reaction time is also a half second slower because they didn't pick the ball up. There was a lot of white shirts, people moving around a lot. And then once they stood up, you got a white seat that affects the ball. Uh, uh, Supposedly how the wind was swirling through the stadium because it's an oval stadium. It's not your traditional um, circle or open air. Tons of of weird shadows. Open air stadium, yeah. Which probably make it difficult to see the ball off the bat. I mean, how many balls did we see that went into the outfield that normally like a guy like Aaron Hicks has a beat on, but that just had nothing? I mean, there was that one play where Glaber went over his head that – that neither Judge or Hicks were and, even you know, same close thing to the happened play. on a ball that the Yankees hit over over first base where Mookie Betts. Uh, I was ex- expecting Mookie Betts to run in easy and catch the ball, and he was like twenty steps away from the thing. Yeah, it was. Um, so yeah, there was the and foul then, territory. You know, tr- the foul territory, the foul territory, territory was, a, was, was a factor, no doubt about it. So yeah, the, the whole field was just a factor. So th- I mean, I think my takeaway was that everybody that was there, it seemed like the way that they had the. Um, the ceremonies and like it felt like the Olympics in the beginning because it was like yeah. a whole show with like you know pyrotechnics and all this other crap, um, music. But yeah, music, dead concerts. So I think everybody there they accomplished what they wanted to do. They wanted everybody to have a really good time to watch some entertaining stuff, and I think they saw that. Although it was long as shit, long nine, as shit. nine hours and six minutes of baseball. But they're used to that, aren't they? With cricket matches, who are all, which are also long as shit. Soccer matches, I don't know. I don't watch soccer, but. Um, no, Nor soccer matches it. are on a clock. Nor do I understand There's it. There's a clock in the soccer. Cl- There's also a clock that's like yeah, you, arbitrary. You get extra, the clock you get arbitrary extra, you get extra time, but it's usually not. You, you told me there was going to be nine hours of baseball. I would have figured there's at least like a 15-inning game in there somewhere. I don't need to understand the rules of soccer to know that this was long, and uh, it seemed like they were – the stadium was still p- pretty full up until well, the end of the game. You go all the way game. over there. You pay all that money to get into the park. You're not going to leave. I'm just saying, there's a lot of people there that stayed to the end. They wanted to see what happened, and they almost um, got comebacks in both games. And they almost got comebacks in both games. Was, there was nobody was ever out of that game, either one of them. The uh, so, yeah, I mean, you're talking about like sort of the, the Olympic atmosphere. I definitely agree with that. Do you think that's a reason why the both pitchers in both game game ones, Tanaka and Porcello? I mean, neither of them got through the first inning. That's that's like basically never happened before. <laughs> Where the Porcello, Yankees starters, I'm using out? quote starters. Got, Porcello got one out, Tanaka one out. got two outs. But Yankees yeah. starters this weekend, so Stephen Tarpley, who's not even a major league pitcher, and Masir Tanaka went uh, 1.2 innings and gave up 10 runs. If you had told me that, never would have guessed the Yankees win both games. Right. No, I mean, I think that everything was just very different. And, and it and the, you know, the, um, the, the getting the feel of that stadium and the whole thing that was happening, it was hard. Not to mention there were just... 
really terrible strike zones. I mean, who, who knows? Maybe the umpires were also affected by the way that things were happening. I don't know. I don't, it's hard to give them any excuses, but um, it was just different. And so I, I think that like everything that happened over there by Major League Baseball, they accomplished what they wanted to. I think they got, they got all that. It'll be interesting to see what you know, what the, what Google tells them afterwards, like how many people are actually searching and looking and finding and, and, uh, and, you know, what the MLB at bat stats come in and like how many people now are are watching these games. That will be interesting. And it'll be interesting to watch like the next three to five years of kids signing up for little league baseball. If they're, if they're putting in programs like that, which I assume that's also going to be part of an initiative. I mean, I can't imagine that this weekend is, you got to stick with it. I think baseball is going to stick with it. I know they have a plan for the Cubs and Cardinals next year. That'll also be interesting to see how they change. I think they're going to change the field for next year. They're going to do something different with the field. Well, they have to. I mean, I think they've probably learned a lot of lessons by, by doing what they did this year. Um, you know, just like they've, they've learned those lessons and they've tried to put hockey, hockey, uh, rinks in the middle of a, uh, an outdoor stadium. Like you learn from, from year to year, what is working and what is not. But you know, like this isn't just a major league baseball initiative. Like they're going to have to put money into that youth initiative. Uh, and NFL did it with, uh, with all the, with the, uh, flag football programs that they're running over there too. That's a big part of what this is, because like you said, this is not something that they're just going to do on the on a surface level with with you know just the major leagues like you got to build the game of baseball there and that's going to take many many weekends years we many many, many, many years trips of of games over there i don't know i know the london now do, i mean uh nfl now does multiple weekends in london i don't know if baseball will start doing multiple weekends in london i also know this was, oh yeah they will this was kind of a weird weekend to pick i don't know do they already set the dates for next year is at the same time I'm not sure what the dates are or when they've picked this. Them, this was like of sort of the happening. perfect storm of other sporting events as well going on in London. And Wimbledon starts Tomorrow. Monday. So yeah. I know that's massive over there. So I, I'm sure they coordinated that. So it wasn't on the same days. But just with, with all the other sporting events going on, the heat, it was 90 degrees in London, which apparently it never, never does. So the heat was a factor as well. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think it was it was interesting. That's that's like the biggest. I, I don't know. I said this at the end of uh, the game today on Twitter. Like, I don't know what I just watched. Like, I don't know if it was just horrible baseball. If it, was enter- <laughs> it was entertaining baseball. Like, what? I don't know what we was saw. It, I don't that's know. That's not. But ba- see, that's the other thing. That's not baseball. Well, that's my point. Like, was it just entertainment for those for the people over there? Did they find that entertaining? What that what that product was? The ball being hit all over the place. I bet they did. I bet they thought that was exciting. So, you know, you know, they probably don't, they don't pick up on the sloppiness of, of what we, who watch baseball every day and I've watched it every day for, you know, our entire lives practically. Like we saw a lot of very sloppy, bad baseball. I think baseball, I think Manfred is probably most upset with the pace of the games because it's been such a big topic for them for the last couple of years. But that topic doesn't go overseas. No, internally they're discussing like shit. We went international and had four-hour-plus pace. The game one took four hours and 42 minutes. It was the first inning. We were all at the bar. It was still the bottom of the first inning at 2 p.m. The game started oh, yeah. at 1 p.m. It was crazy. Could you imagine if David Price had started that game? Right, taking 30 seconds in between each pitch. Yeah. But the thing is, like, so we had uh, – I was at the New York City uh, – Watch party, BP crew meetup. We had like over 30 people there. It was awesome. A lot of new faces. A couple people who just were looking for watch parties um, who hadn't really heard of Bronx Pinstripes before. So, so I, now they're part of the family. They're, they're going to come to the July 20th event. Awesome. I got them to come. But we were talking. I was like, would you be here 
if this was just Yankees Red Sox at Fenway? Would you come to the bar today to watch? On a Saturday in June, it was hot as hell in New York City. So the yeah. last place you wanted to really be is in the city because everyone leaves the city when it's that hot. They said, no, no, I wouldn't. So it was, yeah. it was an event that drew eyeballs. Yeah, no, that's that's interesting. I, I think that's that's probably another dynamic too, is that maybe the more casual fan wants to see the spectacle of it as well. So the fact that it was a spectacle definitely drew attention and drew eyeballs from all over the place. So that was that was a big deal, and that's why I was kind of saying like they didn't want Clint Frazier over there talking to the media because there were going to be so many goddamn eyeballs on it if he does something that that Listen. is you know out of the park or a little wild then. You know, you're you not going to have that guy other that were, you can't. You Clint Frazier wouldn't have been one of the stars. The stars of the he weekend. He would have tried to be one. The stars of the weekend, from at least the Yankees' standpoint, were Aaron Judge, Didi Gregorius, and CC Sabathia. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was. Um, as far as who got airtime, who got talked about. Because Sabathia Didi was all over the place. Uh, Sabathia the, was the all over the place talking to Fox. Judge, when Judge hit his home run. Joe Buck had a little extra juice in that home run call. Dude, Aaron Judge had a little weird juice he running did. around. Did, did, he you, had did you see that? He had, that's his playoff smile. That's Aaron Judge's playoff smile. It was even bigger than that. Like, so that was that was part of as soon as I saw Judge hit that home run, then I watched him run the base. I was like, this is an exhibition game. Aaron Judge is acting like a little a little off the off the I normal mean, you path. You just hit a home run in Europe and Didi, the, I, one of the I only know. European born baseball players, hit a home run today. Yep. That's got to be freaking awesome. And no, Aaron Hicks, it's got to be unbelievable. Aaron Hicks, after the game, said, they will never be able to take away from me that I was the first Major League Baseball player to hit a home run in Europe. Yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty awesome. There's no doubt about it. But watch a judge round second and come around third, pointing up, looking all over the place. Like it was, it, There was an exuberance there that, that was very, very different than, than you know, I've seen. Even the playoff stuff like that. You know, looking over at the dugout, making sure that he knows that that everybody on uh, that it was a big home run. It was it was a different type of big home run. But it just like that that to me when I'm seeing like our our you know Derek Jeter straight laced guy who gives the 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 right answers every time is the most humble guy. Puts his head down, runs the bases, was like all over the place looking up. Like you know, right then you're you're in the middle of of something different. So you're gonna get the people who knock it and say it was stupid. And that yes. that wasn't real baseball, and the jet lag is going to affect them because if the Yankees go out this week and drop two games to the Mets, you know that's the first thing that's going to come up is is the team jet lagged, probably right. or just exhausted from the whole thing, exhausted from the whole thing. But looking at the pictures of the guys, and they probably will be, yes. But looking at the pictures of the guys on Friday and all the media stuff and getting off the airplane and how excited Judge was rounding the bases. This was, they all loved it. They wouldn't trade this for the world. This is something, no doubt. There's such a monotony in baseball. Okay, where are we flying today? Oh, we're flying to Oakland. Then we're flying to Seattle. Then we're coming home. It's like, this is different. This is cool. This is all eyeballs in the baseball world were on them. So they liked it. Well, and baseball doesn't do things like this. Like, I I saw something today that I also tweeted. It was uh, um, uh, Marcus Goodwin of the 49ers won that 40 yard dash that the NFL did. I, I knew really nothing about it. I'd seen, like, little things about it, okay? Like, I didn't really know what it was. Some Taking the gold, or I don't know, some shit. They were racing. Basically, it was a race for the NFL guys. Prize was a million bucks, right, to win this thing. The, they just, Major League Baseball just put a prize on the um, Home Run Derby on their all-star weekend of a million dollars. And the NFL was putting the prize of one million dollars on a, some bullshit race that nobody knows or cares about in the offseason. 
Like, that's such a big discrepancy in the way that they handle their players and put them on pedestals and the money allocated to, to those those types of initiatives. Like, it's just, to me, it's just a very telling thing. And, and you know, maybe this is uh, MLB's first step of, like, getting out of that box and starting to promote, you know, you know, they had the whole campaign of let the kids play and all this other crap. Like, maybe this is just the next phase of what they're trying to do as far as, you know, putting themselves out of the box of Major League Baseball on the old... Old, yeah, I mean, they've been talking about how baseball. do we generate new interest in younger fans. Yeah. It, there's, it was an interesting weekend. There's no doubt about it. Like, the whole thing was extremely just Like, I'm, I'm fired up to talk about it because it was different. You know, like, yeah. even just talking about it is fun because it was different. And, I mean, looking at all the videos and everything from the George's Box guys, JJ and Keith were over there, had a blast. I mean, just talking to them in, in chats in the back end, they're saying, I, I'm glad I was here. This was a once-in-a-lifetime yeah. experience. So... I kind of had some, some. Uh, the only the only thing I'll agree with a Rod is there was some FOMO going on. Right, I I wish I was there watching all that stuff. I wish no I, doubt about I, it. I wish I was there. So, I yeah. mean, you're gonna talk to Keith the next episode to get his take on everything. JJ's still uh, doing his European vacation, so we're not gonna get him on again. But it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, everything that went on, like this yeah, stuff absolutely. that we didn't necessarily get to see because there was so much fanfare going on in all uh-huh. the events too. Uh, and, and tip of the cap, tip of the tip of the cap to him, <laughs> in the Irish English accent. Yeah, that like, JJ, where, where are you going hear, with that? They were about to hear from JJ, I think, at the end of this episode, because <laughs> uh, the voicemails were off the charts, I think, for this one. But um, you know, tip of the cap to those boys because they went over there and and gave some really cool coverage. I think coming back uh, over with with Instagram and Twitter, and they did a really good job documenting pretty much the majority of the weekend. You know, Keith was going around um, getting engaged. Know, Getting engaged, yeah. Congratulations <laughs> to Keith, uh, but he was also like you know rekindling some old old, old friendships he had with uh, Todd Gurley and and uh, uh, Dejus Mero. Like they're yeah, they're was nice. They were doing a whole bunch of uh, cool stuff. Over we there, found so. out why why he's uh, official why they gave him the name Sweet Beef. Yeah, Beefy Keith. Yeah. Yep. So Yankees took took the two games. Does this put the Red Sox out of the AL East? They're now eleven back. I, it's impossible for me to say no, <laughs> because I just there there could be so I, I think they're I don't think they're a good team, I really I think I think they're flawed and I, and this just proves to me what I saw last year was like everything went perfectly everything went perfectly because if you look at the guys on this team a lot of them are similar and in fact you should, you even have some with with um you have some younger guys now who are actually outperforming what they had like first base production right now is much better for them they have more right. power. They they their their pitching is the same, nothing's changed. The guys are they just got some good. injuries in that rotation, but the bullpen is far worse. They have the second most blown saves out of anybody in Major League Baseball, behind only the Mets, of course. The next team the Yankees are going to see, but that, that I mean that bullpen performance this weekend by the Red Sox. Not that the Yankees was good, but to I mean melt- their bullpen was bad last year too. They had Kimbrel at the end, but their bullpen was right. Bad they had last that safe. They had that safety net of of Kimbrel, and I mean I'm I'm sure the Red Sox plan is let's get to the playoffs and we'll do exactly what we did last year, have our starters just pitch every inning for us. Whether it's yeah. starters coming out of the bullpen or starters just pitching deeper into the game. That has to be what they're saying internally. I well, I, I can't imagine they're going to sell at the trade deadline. Um, on Boston Radio this week, they actually posed the question, should the Red Sox be sellers at the trade deadline? It's interesting because... You know, in the in the off season, 
they literally didn't make one move to, to improve their bullpen. Right. They went out and did nothing. And um, Kimbrel was well, sitting they, out there. They got, no, they got worse. I mean, they lost their best reliever. I'm saying they did nothing. Yeah. And, and Kimbrel went out there and was sitting out there for a long time. And they could have re-signed him, but they didn't. And, and the reason, you know, we all speculate. And uh, from talking to people who are, you know, close and follow the team, they didn't do it because of the money, because of the where they were with the tax. So what makes that different now when they're this far out and they're going to go spend money and get and, and improve on that bullpen? Because, I, because if you have that bullpen, you're not going to get better. Because I think they are in a position where they know we only have a couple more years. They're in a window to win. They just re-signed sale to a longer-term contract. They've got Mookie Betts under contract for another year, and then a lot of people around the team feel he's going to walk. He does not want to sign in Boston, apparently. I mean, if you're looking at the writing on the wall, it seems like they're not trying to sign people either. Um, did they, well, then they why, just signed, why did they just sign Chris Sale for five years? I, I don't know. <laughs> it's I don't know. I mean, he's it, honestly, if I'm looking at that pitching staff, like there's a lot of lot of lot of uh, innings on that guy's arm. That guy, the way he throws. I mean, out if they, get, I, I still don't want to. F- that rotation is still better than the Yankees' rotation. Yes. No, I mean, but, you, but they're you also, but pause. they're also like, very. There should be no pause. The Yankees' rotation is no, because I'm thinking of their whole pitching than, staff. Huh? I'm thinking of their whole pitching staff is when I when you say their rotation because to me your rotation's only good for five innings now. Okay, so on both sides. Of but it. what I'm telling for the regular season, I agree they are not going to catch the Yankees, barring the Yankees losing all eight of those games in late July and early August. That's the only way the Red Sox climb back into this race is if they sweep those eight games. That's not going to happen. They're probably going to go 500. And guess what? You're not going to climb back from 11 games going 500 against a team. So, but when you get to the playoffs, if you're facing Chris Sale, David Price, Rick Porcello, Nathan Avaldi, or one of those guys coming out of the bullpen in games, you can get beat. We it happened last year. The Yankees bullpen was infinitely better than the Red Sox bullpen last year, and it didn't matter. You know, I, I get that, but at the same time, like I'm saying, uh, everything went perfectly for these guys. Rick Porcello pitched like he does every other year, and and was uh, was was dominant against uh, in the playoffs. Evaldi came out, who's hurt right now. Who the hell knows how he comes back? Also, was dominant. Like everything went right for them. Going to get another it's not happening shot in his arm that lasts six months of, of robotics, and then it, then it yeah. starts leaking oil again, and then he's got to do it all over again. That, so you know, like when I'm looking at what that roster is, they don't. They don't put that fear in me anymore. But at the same time, they are capable of a run. And I know ESPN, people were getting all over ESPN for the, the homerism uh, and Smoltz uh, for, on Fox for homering the Red Sox and constantly saying they're not out of it, they're not out of it. Like, to, to a certain extent, like, I, I agree because I, I, I have a very hard time burying them at this point. Well, also, that's, that's all. And, and also because I don't want to knock their analysts say, oh, or John Smoltz, he's on Fox, right? He's on Fox. Right. They're not going to let that. I'm sure Fox has another couple Yankee Red Sox game, games on the calendar for their broadcast. They're not going to let one of their analysts say, oh, it's over. You don't need to watch those games in August. I mean, yeah, but they're, they're always, you know, they've always been kind of on the on that side of it. Either way, it, it wouldn't surprise me. That's that's the big thing. And, and no, they have to make up the games directly with the Yankees now, mm-hmm. unless the Yankees are going to go on a tank. I, I just don't see it. I, no. I think the way that the Yankees are built right now, they're withstanding bad pitching because they're so if deep the Yankees didn't on the tank other side. When they had... Judge, Sanchez, Stanton, uh, yeah. Severino. I, I can't even remember the whole list of guys out. If they didn't tank then— Pretty much the entire starting team. They're not going to tank now. So 
Knock on wood, unless injuries continue to, to come out, because injuries can still happen. I, I still I don't want to jinx anything because of my track record, but yes, I'm pretty so don't, so don't. I'm pretty comfortable with the Yankees leading the division right now, at least over the Red Sox. The t- Tampa is a different story. They're playing four games at Tampa this weekend. So if Tampa takes four four games this weekend in Tampa, then it's a whole different story for that. But this inter- this was an interesting quote by Alex Cora. They're a lot better than last year. Their attention to detail. I was joking with someone that their best free agent acquisition was Carlos Beltran. He's helped them a lot. Alex Cora said that after after today's game. And Alex Cora is tight with Beltran. They're they're both Puerto Rico guys, right? So they um yeah they've they've had you know those when those home country guys have uh, have connections in the off seasons and stuff. So I'm sure they talk and just about those those levels of detail and such. But you know he has helped them out. You know, it hasn't. Well, well, he temporarily Paxton, fixed Paxton's James Paxton when, when yeah. he was tipping his pitches. He needs to re-talk to Paxton. Do you think that's a I little mean, backhanded slap at Aaron Boone? Like, oh, the the reason the Yankees are, are better this year has nothing to do with their manager. I, whatever, it doesn't matter. <laughs> the you know the 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 very clear reason why they're much better right now is because they're hitting with runners in scoring position. Like to me, that's such a glaring, obvious thing that puts numbers runs on the board that helps you win games. That's the that's the reason they're so much better right now. They're coming through when it matters. And you could you could kind of tell that the teams took a slightly different approach to this whole weekend. The Red Sox plane got a lot of attention. The five hundred thousand dollar chartered yacht, basically a flying yacht. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure the Yankees took a damn nice plane, but we didn't really see videos of it and and Instagram live videos of it and all that kind of crap. It was probably their standard chartered plane, you know. The no, the they all had that... they had lay down seats and everything, so it was like oh yeah, so it's a little bit different. Yeah, it's not that it's that much. Is it the same one they take to the West Coast though? I mean, maybe. So I know, like, if they're flying. You know Toronto to, to New York. They're all they're, they're, it's like a regular Delta flight. Like they're, they're not they're not on a regular Delta flight, but it's that kind of plane where like everyone's in a, in a, in a regular seat. Um, boy, maybe when they fly to like Los Angeles, they're in a they're in a lay down seat. I know. I saw anyway. It was, I saw it was Coley a big Harvey deal. tweet out that the uh, the trainers have notified the Yankees they cannot sleep on the flight home. Just, just to get their clocks back? Yeah, apparently because they're going to be landing pretty late at night tonight. Um, and they want them to sleep. They want them to sleep and want them to get reset to, to next. Uh, to yeah, that makes sense. Back. When you're coming back from that side, you want to stay awake as long as possible to try to make yourself make yourself sleep when you get back. Otherwise, you're not going to be tired and it's going to be the middle of the night and then you're going to be all jacked up for days. But, but it was a fun lead-up. It was two days off before the games, which was also kind of weird because we never really have two days off in the same week. But there was a lot of hype building on Thursday and Friday. And I know we got a uh, shout-out to uh, from Danny. He uh, writes for the Metro over in the U.K. Got us a little shout-out in there. Yeah, that was pretty cool. He got a um, – I uh, just gave him uh, – I talked to him on the phone for a little bit just to really tell him some of the backstory on, you know, how – a lot of Yankees fans become Yankees fans. And basically the gist of it was, was that, you know, you're a lot of times born into fandom because the, uh, you know, the, the fan roots go deeper. Usually it's, your, you know, a parent or a grandparent or whomever is the, is the person that takes you to a game and then you get latched on from there. So um, usually generations of, of Yankee fans are, are, are how the families work. So it's, uh, it's something you're kind of born into. But yeah, it's a, you know, it's a, but you're also, it's like two sides of the coin. The Boston's the exact same way. You're born into being a Red Sox fan as well, and you're taught that the Yankees are bad, and you're taught that the Red Sox are bad. So it was a it was a cool shout out and a lot lot of lot of circulation from that Metro. 
I love that. 3.5 million readers. Yeah, so shout out to maybe any new listeners who heard about us in the Metro. Yeah, very good. So, I don't know, maybe people use SeatGeek if they wanted to get over to those games. I know they were going uh, for pretty high prices. Maybe you want to go to a Yankees game uh, for a little bit less money at Yankee Stadium. SeatGeek is the way to go. Do you ever feel like ticketing websites make getting to the event difficult on purpose? It's as if they're so big they can get away with not caring about the customer experience. So what if their site is annoying, doesn't look good, doesn't have events you want? Hello, status quo. The real question is, how easy could it be if those ticketing sites actually cared? SeatGeek is a company that cares. They have over 50,000 five-star reviews on their app. Uh, I say this over and over again, but if you have not used the SeatGeek app, you're missing out because it's so clean. It's so easy to use. You scroll through whatever game, whatever event. They have concerts. They have theater. I've used it to go to the theater before. You've used it for concerts in the past. You've gone to see the terrible, woeful Jets. But it's very easy. You just look for those green seats. If you're going on a, if you want a, just a good deal, click on green. If maybe you want to spend a little bit more money, still click on green. You could sit closer to the field, but you still feel like you're getting a good deal and you're not getting ripped off because all the tickets are also fully guaranteed. Watch out for my boys. Don't be uh, sleeping on the on the boys in green this I'm year. Snoozing on them hard. Yeah, I mean, I am too because I've been let down too many times. My <laughs> expectations are zero. Uh, SeatGeek will even give you $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase if you use the promo code that we're about to give you. All you got to do is use that promo code. Uh, download the SeatGeek app today. Uh, the promo code is Bronx for $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. That's promo code Bronx for $10 off your first purchase. So Tanaka gets the start. He doesn't get out of the first inning, gives up six runs. What do you think their plan was... I think their plan going into this series was Tanaka, give us five, maybe six innings. We'll use our bullpen guys depending on the day, and then we'll open with Chad Green on Sunday. That was probably the plan, right? That was the plan. That's that's what they were talking about. Um, <laughs> it went away so fast. So that plan by 1.40 p.m. Eastern time was out the window. Yeah. Why yeah, did done. they not start either Hap or Sabathia on Sunday? A major league pitcher who's on full rest. It's not like you'd have to bring him back on short rest. I think it was six days, actually. Right. Five days yeah. for CC, right? And six days for Hap. Uh, I thought it was the other way around. Either way, it doesn't matter. The, the, I think what they were trying to do is get, those extra, uh, couple, get a couple more extra days. Because if they don't throw in that game, then they have um, that entire trip. Then they have the off day. And Monday then they're coming off, back. yeah. So I think what from from what I was listening to from just Boone making comments over the weekend and talking to uh, ESPN and such during the game, it, it, it sounded like they were trying to get an extra day, extra two days. But Paxton so is announced as the Tuesday starter against the Mets. Yeah. So I mean, but you're still getting those extra days. A I lot think of they just wanted days. the extra. They just wanted the extra rest. I think with a guy like Cece and maybe Hap too, that as you get older, you you can bounce back much more easily from having more days off. It's not a problem. Or resting your body uh, and, and routine might be a more of a problem for a younger guy who's in such a rhythm. An older guy like that, to me, can use those extra days. And I think that's just, you know, I, whether it was right or not, that's what I think they were trying to do. Well, it worked out. I think if the Yankees. The Red Sox blowing Sunday's game, they've got to feel like real pieces of shit for blowing that game because they get four runs. They finally have some momentum. They need to save face. They're also one of the teams that are being showcased right now, and they got their ass kicked on Saturday. And then on Sunday, they come back, get a lead. Rodriguez pitches them into the sixth inning, and their bullpen just completely implodes for nine <laughs> runs. Like, What do you expect, though? No, I know, but they that is a game the Red Sox had to win. It's not a game the Yankees had to win. 
No, the, the problem with them is, you know, you have a lead. You're in a place where the ball is flying out. Like, at every, I mean, some of those home runs, the one, the one uh, home run, I forget who hit it on the Red Sox. I mean, goddamn, it was a, it was damn near a check swing. Christian uh, Vasquez, I think, uh, yeah, is the one to who hit opposite it. field today. It was, it was damn near a check swing that went out. Uh, it was not a full swing. Ball flew out of the park. Like the ball was flying. The, the fences were short, but the ball was also flying. It was also. I mean, it was flying. There was a. There was a lot of home runs, but I just feel like there was also a ton of doubles down the lines. Yeah, well, because the ball was also flying on the ground. <laughs> it was. It was. It was like going at warp speeds on the ground, and if you got the ball in the air, it was almost every time a home so, run. It seemed like so. We heard after was, the game. How are you gonna How are you gonna hold a lead when you have shitty, shitty bullpen and you got to get through three more innings and you know none of them are good? Well, I think had they held the lead and the Yankees lost, a lot of people would have been pissed off that they started Stephen Tarpley, who's not a real major yes. league pitcher. But so after the game on Saturday, one of the things that was talked about is that breaking balls were not breaking. For whatever reason, the, the London air, maybe it just doesn't <laughs> doesn't break over there. Like there's there's more there are oh, some fireworks going off in the background. Um, I am recording outside, so so just uh, so you wonder what that is. God damn it, we might have to we might have to stop. They're setting off fireworks for the Yankees, kicking the shit out of the Red Sox. Um, what was I saying? You're, you're talking about the pitchers, like the fact that Tarpley started that. What, something I didn't understand about that game, and maybe they're going with the whole opener thing, but that Tarpley starts the game and then Sessa is ready to come in. Like, what? why not? And I guess it's going back to the opener thing was like Tarpley the opener for Sessa, which is unbelievably crazy. But why not have a guy that at least has some experience starting a game? Tarpley had never even started a game ever. Like that's, you know, that's, he's a First relief major guy. league start in London. That's a lefty wild. relief guy against a powerhouse right-handed bat, uh, predominantly right-handed bat lineup. That's that's gonna just if you're missing your pitches, gonna eat you alive. So this is what so, I was gonna I mean, say. After the game, they were talking about how breaking balls weren't breaking. Hap is a fastball pitcher. That could have been a decision they could have made internally on the fly, saying we're gonna go with a fastball pitcher tomorrow. Maybe he'll have better success than Stephen Tarpley, who I believe Drew said in the chat today threw 15 straight breaking balls. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't. I don't really know anything about the uh, the breaking balls not breaking either. Adovino, like, Adovino said it as well. But why? I, there's, the, there's something about. So uh, listen, I thought this was crazy as well because I don't know how wind can affect a ball that you're throwing eighty or ninety miles an hour, sixty feet. But Adovino said I didn't have the same bite on my slider. A lot of people said it. Tanaka said it. Um, Boone pointed to it. I know Buster only tweeted about it. Apparently, how the wind comes into that stadium and, and circulates. It circling. It circulates because it's shaped. It was it was built for the track events and the opening ceremonies. It's it's built like an oval. Right. There's no major league baseball field in the Amer- in the United States that's built like an oval. Right. With also kind of uh uh at, with overhangs. Right. Like it, it's not a full dome, but it goes it goes further than most. It kind of covers the the stands. Yes. Yes. So once yeah, the wind like gets overhang. trapped in there, it starts whipping up. I guess. I mean, if there's multiple people talking about it, maybe it's a thing. But um, it's it's just hard to uh, sit there and blame that for for. I mean, and if you're if you're just throwing fastballs, like you got problems with that too, because you're just going to get crushed. Sure, maybe you're maybe they said, you know what, we're probably going to give up nine runs today, but shit, we're going to score twelve. Yeah, that's probably that could have been the case, and, and maybe they're not going to waste two guys that they know it didn't matter. 
Tanaka couldn't do anything. Nobody could do anything. So why not just throw maybe, Stephen Tarpley out there? Maybe before the start on Saturday, CC was like, yeah, I want that start on Sunday. And then he saw Tanaka go out there. He's like, He's like nah, mm, man, I'm good. I'll mm, pass. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, they just realized that one of the team is going to have to out-hit the other team. That's it. It's hard to out-hit the Yankees right now, as good as the Red Sox are offensively. Yeah, and I think that's one of the big deals. And I think probably that's also went down into it. Like, you're going to score a ton of runs. We got to score more runs than that. Everybody's going to hit. The Yankees had a two six-inning runs this weekend and a nine-run inning. Although Sessa did pitch well. Yeah, I was going to say that, yeah. But uh, on... Um, and that's his second second consecutive, by the way. On on Sunday, on Saturday, the Yankees went nine for 18 with runners in scoring position. Yeah, that's wild. I mean, it, it's kind of... When you start seeing the numbers, though, for... Or, um, uh, for DJ LeMahieu and Urshela and these guys who and and even when Frazier, Frazier was up, these guys are hitting at, you know over 400 with the runners in scoring position. So those numbers, while they sound crazy, have, are, are you know like, we've seen that we've seen that from multiple guys. Like this is this has been the storyline of this team offensively. They're hitting with runners in scoring position and they're scoring a ton of runs. So it's not outside what they've been doing. And you mentioned Sessa today. He's the one who settled that game down, kept it at four runs for the Yankees to start coming back because if he had gone out there and laid an, laid an egg like the rest of the pitchers did, he actually probably pitched best of the weekend. He was the best pitcher yes, of the weekend he was. on either he was. side. Um, so if he goes out there and can't give them anything, the Red Sox do probably win that game. Yeah, most likely they'll, they'll just tee off on whoever it was or if they were if he wasn't right, they would have teed off on him. But no, he's been good. Uh, this this start and then the, the even the uh, not the start but outing and then the outing before this as well he came up in uh, a similar situation and pitched well and pitched you know got some depth in there too so you know who, who knows if it's situational or you know maybe he's finding something but um, that could be something to to keep an eye on. Couple of injury news items. So Sanchez left today's game. He jammed his thumb in the eighth inning which is why Romine caught the ninth. Sanchez says, I'm definitely fine. I think it's just sore, so it sounds like they got him out of there. Just He had a long weekend anyway. He's catching almost five-hour ball games, so get him out of there. Yeah. Don't risk anything. I expect him to be back. Voigt left the game. Uh, they're calling it a core abdominal strain. I thought that was a hamstring when I saw him pull up. It did look like that. When he first pulled up, it looked like a hamstring. Or I was kind of hoping it was a cramp. It could have been a cramp where he just like locks up. Um but it was definitely concerning because the way he locked up, I mean, he couldn't even really go hard in the second base. He almost just had to like jam his foot in there to get on the bag. Yeah. But um, it looked like he was uh, definitely caught by. So it looked like he got sniped. Wouldn't but, surprise um, me if he also sits on Tuesday. But Boone said that he could he could start depending on. So he was doing batting practice today, and and that's good. If you have a, if you have a core abdominal injury and you're and you're hitting a ball, you're swinging a bat. You know, chances are it's, uh, it sounds like it's not that bad. So I expect him to play this week. Maybe he'll sit out Tuesday just to give him an extra day of rest. Um, but, yeah, that could have been, been devastating. Stanton out until August. So this, this was kind of a gut punch on the day they landed in London. Cashman said August is the, quote, sweet spot for Giancarlo. Yeah. And, you know, again, they're, they, keep, they come up with these arbitrary dates and time frames for all these injuries and whatnot. You have a lot of things happening in July with, uh, with the All Star break, and you know, I, I don't know who know I don't whatever they say. Well, I I want the, I want him to be very 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 healthy when he comes back because you know what they're doing just fine without Stanton, and if he comes back and he's not all the way there, what's the point? Well, here's the thing that I think makes it interesting. He's out until after the trade deadline. 
Yeah, Clint Frazier. Yeah. No, I think it's a real factor, don't you? Uh, for sure. So, no, I think it's a real deal. So say let's just say Giancarlo's August 15th, to put it smack in the middle of the month. You're going to risk him coming back and not being fully healthy if you trade Clint Frazier away. Clint Frazier's back could come in real handy in left field if they're not going to have a fully healthy Giancarlo for the rest of the season. I mean, and this might be a fully lost – this might be a lost season for, for Stanton. He's, 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 ba- he's barely played to this point. The right. Yankees are going to be over 100 games by the time he comes back, and he's going to have missed 90-plus of them. Right. I mean, I don't think they were, they were necessarily going after uh, or just like really set on, on, on trading Frazier in the first place. I think a lot of it is, is kind of overblown with what's happening you know, mainly on his end. I think they like the player still. I think they like they really like the bat. I think what we've seen with this bat is that he's major league ready and effective and that you better get something damn good for him if you're going to get rid of him because right now Clint Frazier is an extremely effective. I mean, you look at some of the numbers that guys had in the outfield that were up for um, some of these playoff or some of the uh, all-star spots. Frazier's numbers at with limited time were pretty close. They weren't far off production-wise. He was right there. Uh, he um, he was he was one of the more productive outfielders in baseball this year. Also, it's hard it's hard to say that they they just want to get rid of a guy who's extremely productive well, and wanting young to right get rid now. of and knowing that he's your most expendable valuable asset are two different things. I'm not even sure that's true though. If John Carlos even sure that is team... fully healthy this year and he was still on the t- still didn't go on the IL. Clint Frazier is expendable, but I, but what I'm what I'm seeing that you you have two outfielders. If you're talking about prospects that are coming up, if I'm including Clint Frazier in that in plans, to me Florio is the guy that's more expendable than Frazier and could probably land you more because of the prospect status. See, it would be I close. would have said that before the season started, but now that teams know, I see with my own eyes Clint Frazier raking. But he also can't play the outfield well. He's okay. also got some other is things. He, is is going. he that bad? Is he is he a clown in the outfield? <laughs> in right field, I mean, I mean, is, is he know, a clown in the good. outfield? It's in right field. I, he's not good. In left field, is he a clown? He, he was not a clown when he was up in left field, but I have not seen him play left field to an extent. I don't know what he is in the outfield. I need more time to see him okay. after this after this head injury. Who knows if that plays with his. Uh, the way that he plays the field, I, I don't know. I don't know that. Do I? Do, did I think before he came up and showed that one game that he was that bad? No, I did not think that. He was pretty decent in left field in twenty. I thought he was seventeen, right? Twenty seventeen. But my here's my thing. It depends on who you're trading with. Because if you're trading on a team that's three to four years away, why would they care what Clint Frazier is at that point? They're looking at Florial, who's one of the top prospects in baseball, and there's more attractive. You could argue that he has as much, if not more, value than Clint Frazier, depending on who's asking for this player. Yeah, but if you're talking so, to, say, the Blue so, Jays, if you're talking to the Blue Jays about Marcus Stroman, they have Vlad Guerrero Jr. up in the minors, who's a young player, young offensive stud. They have Biggio, who's a young offensive player. They'd plug in Clint Frazier into that mix. Yeah, I mean, that's that's possible. Again, I think it depends on who you're talking to and what it is. But I do think that you can get a similar value from from what Florio's giving you as far as the value, too. And and the Yankees' window is right now. We don't know what Florio's going to be. We think he could be a very good player. He's a freak of an athlete. He could be a great player. Who knows? But we do know that Clint Frazier can hit right now and, and at a high level. Yeah, I guess if you're— And the window for the Yankees is now. And I know that 
they signed Hicks for a long-term contract. They have Stanton right. under a long-term contract. Everybody who's a Yankees fan wants Aaron Judge to be there. He for, will be a long-term contract. <laughs> right, yes. so that's that's all the outfield spots right There's there. There's a crowded One, two, outfield right there. Yeah, so it's uh, it's tough to see where that is. And again, is he, you know, he's in what, double A right now? So he's a, a year away, maybe? Half a year away? <clears throat> yeah, and I also think that who, if it's Frazier or Florial getting traded, you're probably pairing them with some pitching, too. Probably some young pitching. I mean, if you're yeah. going to get someone who's re- who's major league ready, you're going to give up some guys that have potential. Yeah. Speaking of pitching, Severino gets shut down for a week. He felt discomfort um, when he was throwing. This is this was this was a doozy that Cashman said. With yeah. hindsight, Yankees should have done an MRI on Severino before allowing him a throwing program. "Quote: Clearly, he should not have started his throwing program." Yeah. What the hell? That's a bad job by the Yankees medical staff. If we're all looking at the medical staff and we've been talking about, oh, their hamstring injuries or this and that, like they're not conditioning themselves well. Look, I, I really, I don't think that that's a thing for the um, the medical staff because these guys are coming in from different places in the offseason and all that. Like to me, that's unrelated, not on the medical staff, maybe a small, small part of it. But when you don't, <laughs> when you don't, Look your player up and down, and what they've said in the past, CSI Bronx, you know what they did with Tanaka's elbow. Right, right. If you don't do that on a guy as important and as valuable as Luis Severino, before you start a throwing program, knowing that there's multiple issues going on in the arm that he throws with, how, does how that, are you, how does what that are you doing? The cracks. Whose job is, who's the MRI guy? Who's the who's, MRI guy? Who's running the sign-up sheet? The MRI guy who's has had- signing un- these players up for these MRIs, and why did he not sign Severino up? He has had so much practice this year. The MRI machine has been maybe, going nonstop. Maybe, maybe it's broken. It's not broken. It's not broken. Maybe because they usually they much. see something afterwards. <laughs> it's a matter of making a decision. Oh, you know what? He's th- did who? Did you get? You guys did the MRI, right? Yeah. Like it was clean. It was clean. You guys did it. No, no, no. You didn't do it. Yeah. But, but he's throwing. Whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> you know like, what? Like, what are you doing here? It's like when we get like half an hour into a podcast and we're like, yeah, you pressed record, right? Look, <laughs> I, have a, I have, just I have, turned around to make sure <laughs> I, I did. I, I obviously that fear is real. That's a, that you feel that in your gut. You're like, oh, I've no, looked, like, I've looked like record. I've looked three times. Yeah, I'm a doctor. Everybody knows that. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you get the MRI before you start throwing again. Yep. Let's just find out to make sure it's good. This is not a guy that's. That's not a valuable piece. This is not like, you know, Chris Carter. Who cares? It doesn't Mike matter Talkman who it is. Like, who cares? Yeah, it does a little bit. I, I don't care about those guys. And this is Luis Severino. This is your, your number one pitcher. So here, here, Make sure he's good before he throws. Here's, we're joking about it, but it's, it sucks because... It, I'm not joking about it. That's a bad oversight. It could just it's be a, a weak oversight. setback. could be a weak, a weak setback. He shut down, and then instead of seeing Severino pitch for the first time on... On July 25th, we see him pitch on August 5th. Like we don't know, but I'm I'm really starting to fear we're never going to see healthy Severino this year. And if we don't see healthy Severino this year, I don't think this rotation can get them through a World Series. I know they're going to go out and trade for somebody, but who are they going to trade for that can replace uh, when Severino is healthy? Right? There's not, there's like not many guys out there that I think are available. Max Scherzer, I don't think is available. I don't think the Indians have said we're trading Trevor Bauer. So, who is Mar- is Marcus Stroman capable of leading you through a World Series? 
is is hasn't a, shown it yet. Like who is this guy Castillo from from the Reds? Cincinnati. Like who no, I, who is it? Like everyone says. So I, th- this is something that annoys me when when uh, when it's on Twitter or on Facebook or somebody. The Yankees need to go out and trade for an ace. Yeah. Like who? Uh, Jacob Degrom. Right. They're just expecting the ace to fall off a tree. Like yeah, J- Jacob Degrom. Where or, is or this Sin- quote Syndergaard. ace that we're trading for? Just go to the Mets. Just get get their pitcher. Yeah. Maybe they'll you give know. us Degrom and Syndergaard. Possible. But no, the, like that guy. When we've seen what Severino can do at peak Severino, like there's not that there aren't very many. There's you know there's a handful of guys, guys in Major League Baseball that are capable of that. Yeah. So no, that that's a massive thing. And 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 I know it could be nothing. It could be a, a, it could be a minor setback in the set in the sense that we're like he's just going to wait a little bit longer right. and there's no damage done. But you just can't get into that situation. No. That that cannot happen. So now they're going into a trading deadline. And they're most likely not going to have Severino back healthy yet. Would you agree with that? Oh, for sure. It, I mean, it'll be a very unknown at that point. If he, even if he's throwing, and they're they won't have, know if he's going to be. And they're going to have Giancarlo Stanton still in unknown status. Yes, John. Yep, absolutely. And Herman's coming back. It, hopefully, Herman could be back this week. He could pitch he, Thursday or against Tampa. Maybe I've heard Wednesday against the Mets. Who knows? So that's good. But again. Innings limits. Yep, we got things to deal with for him, even if he's completely healthy. Uh, so there, there are a lot of factors, and we haven't seen going James Paxton look like James Paxton. Not, not, not since early on. You know, before he got hurt, like I think five we saw some starts, maybe early. five starts before he first went on the injured list. Not even five starts. No, he's a guy that's got to prove that he can get out of the early innings and and throw strikes yeah. because if he's not able to do that and be consistently around the plate, he's going to have problems similar to what Jay Happs it. Uh, that you know been been dealing with but you know it's up and down our it's up and down the pitching rotation right now is the the fact that these guys are not throwing strikes and it's really biting them in the ass it's happening throughout the bullpen and uh and it's it's definitely hitting the starters big time so and i know cc's in a different path because he literally throws them it's part of his game now but the other guys it's not part of their game so i'm not i don't want to do the sports radio thing what's your playoff rotation as we're sitting here on june 30th but I kind of want to do that because I think the Yankees are going to win the division, which means they're going to be in a five-game series. It's impossible to say that right I now know that. we don't know what Severino's but, health is and we don't know who they're going to get in, an, in a trade. No, but what I'm saying is it's, it's fine going through a season with an opener situation and, and relying heavily on your bullpen. I don't know if that's going to work in the playoffs. because well, you, don't, you don't have to have it work. You've, we saw what the Red Sox did last year. But the Yankees can't do what the Red Sox did last year. They don't have the starting pitching to do that. I mean, who, who's to say that a guy like Domingo Herman couldn't come in in relief and dominate like like Navaldi did last year? I could absolutely see that happening. You don't think Herman's going to be on? He's probably not going to be on as a starter, depending on how the rest of the season goes. He's probably going to be used in that role as a guy who could come in and and put out a fire and potentially get more a little bit of if, more, de- if he's still more depth allowed than to somebody pitch, else. If he's still allowed to pitch, then oh, he'll be allowed to pitch. They're not going to pull a, a Steven Strasburg where the Nationals completely screwed that, that up. Worked like out one, so well. Their one opportunity where <laughs> they could have gone and, and you know, like competed for a championship and they sit their guy that is actually was pitching fine at the time. So dumb. I, I, like that to me just still baffles my mind. No, I don't think they would be putting themselves in a situation where they would have a healthy Herman pitching fine, but due to innings, they're not going to throw him. Right. Like that would light some fires. So the Yankees are 
coming home. Hopefully they're not jet lagged. They're going to be playing the Mets. Uh, the Mets are a circus. They're a tra- they are the traveling circus, really the official traveling circus of Major League Baseball. Um, yeah. You can't you can't drop these games against the Mets. Like it's you're, laughable. You're riding high off these these games in London, and you, rightfully so, you should be riding high, and you're coming home to play the Mets. Yeah, it's kind of like a wah wah, but it's also like it's like subway series. Like, oh, that that used to be a thing. Like, that's exciting. Yeah, yeah, you're going from like a spectacle in London to the subway a different series kind of spectacle. Try. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely like a trap scenario where where you got Tampa the next weekend as well because that's legitimately a big series. Legitimately a big series coming off of a big series. Guys are tired. So yeah, this is going to be one of those where they have to kind of gut themselves through it, and uh, and the Mets will probably have some motivation on that side, just because they've been such a shit show in the media lately too, and on the field. And I don't even know what's happening with Cano at this point. Is he healthy? Is he playing? Like what, what what's going? I don't even know. I don't care. It doesn't matter. We'll find out when they're here. But the um, we're we're going there. We're going there. Whatever. When the Yankees are back is what I mean. the The whole point is like, it's a weird scenario for the Yankees to be in, but at the same time. Going to get a lot of attention because it's a Subway Series and the Mets suck. Maybe it's almost better that they're coming home and playing someone like the Mets who suck, but you can't lose to the Mets. If you're coming home and playing like the Cardinals, or not the Cardinals, like the Reds or the Royals, it's a little different where it's like we can just totally sleep on this team. But you can't totally sleep on the Mets because it's the Mets. (laughs) Okay. Either way, it's going to be – no, it's gonna be it's it gonna be sense. one of those series where it's gonna be hard for them to. Uh, I just hope they win. That's it. I don't really care the, how they win. They're probably gonna be some ugly games. Their eye on the prize right now is just get to the All Star break so we can sleep a little bit, probably. And probably the All Stars are Lemayhu, Sanchez, and Chapman. Voit and Glaber got snubbed a little bit, but those three Judge, guys. Judge didn't make it. He was on the. That's the, okay though. The one of the belly. I mean, he was been hurt. Yeah. I'm kind of surprised he didn't win the popular vote, to tell you the truth. But LeMahieu absolutely deserves to be there. Um, I mean, is there a more deserving person in baseball? Right. And Sanchez, obviously, is what he's been doing. Uh, yeah. Overall, I think just having an overall great season. And, and Chapman quietly has had a really good season. Yeah. No, he's been he's been very good. He's been solid. Even though some of the outings where he finishes his job have been a little bit. But that's what he does. You know, it, it's it's to be expected. Um Lemayhu's the big story, I think. I mean, Lemayhu and Sanchez actually, because Sanchez is is coming back and just showing what we all thought he was going to be, and in, in fact, I think he's playing better defense. I am totally dismissing this free this framing stat, by the way. After watching what what happened this weekend and seeing some of the um some of the close calls that were just not that were strikes that were not called strikes, I'm like, I, I just can't take that stat seriously anymore. What about the I fact ju- that he had two catchers interferences this weekend? The first one was bullshit. I, I don't even remember the second one, but the first one, it wasn't even catcher's interference. Like the ball hit the bat and it went back into the glove. It, like, it was weird. It wasn't like a regular Jacoby Ellsbury catcher's interference. Today it was how, JD Martinez. wasn't how it was written. JD out. Martinez, who stands deep in the box anyway. Yeah. More fireworks for Gary there Sanchez. You go. But, you know, I don't, whatever. The, the catcher's interference calls are weird and fluky. I don't, unless you're Jacoby Ellsbury and that's the only way you can get on base. But the, the, uh, He's been an unbelievable. So, yeah, I'm throwing out that stat because I think it's horseshit. Uh, I think that Gary Sanchez has been phenomenal. Defense, offense, he's been great. And LeMahieu, yeah, I mean, what do I need to say But more about this guy? We actually guy have a mailbag question about LeMahieu. Unfreaking believable. Uh, in a minute. But first, uh, let's read this Lee Jones from Liverpool. Why don't you read it? Because I think they're going to set off more fireworks, and this will allow me to turn down my microphone for a little while. All right, Lee Jones from Liverpool. 
thought I'd drop you a line with some English perspective. I ticked something off my bucket list Saturday when I finally attended a baseball game. The game definitely had more Americans in attendance than MLB intended. Sure, some will have been expats, but I know that plenty f- have flown over from the U.S. specifically for this series, including a colorful bleacher section, uh, and color- a colorful bleacher creature. Encouragingly, and somewhat surprisingly, in my opinion, I can personally vouch that every single franchise was represented. Uh, even the likes of the Mariners, Pirates, Reds, Diamondbacks, Padres, and Rays, as fans milled about sporting their colors. Uh, the te- the game itself was obviously bonkers, and it met all of my pregame hopes, naming, namely a Yankees win uh, and, and a home run, as well as countless other highlights, although my judge to hit a home run and to not get a strikeout five plus bet failed very early on. There were a number of nice touches implemented to give it a full American vibe, and passing... Uh, and the passing money slash drinks along uh, along your road to the vendors is brilliant. I guess they don't do that there. That's pretty awesome. Uh, one final point, uh, which is a minor gripe, was the lack of runners on base graphic on the Jumbotron. I'm guessing this is something that is not normally included the way it is on television because you can see the entire field. But when you've got two teams playing in white and the hits and beers and uh, everything is flowing, <laughs> it's hard to at times keep uh, abreast of who's on who's who and who's on base and you got two or three bodies hovering over second base. I'm ins- I'm insanely jealous that you get to experience this routinely and I've already decided that I'm attending next year's Cardinals Cubs game. Uh, especially if truth be told, I suspect it'll be the last as baseball doesn't qualify as uh, a niche here. The word that word doesn't come too uh, doesn't come close to conveying how much of a minority sport it is. Now, I, I just need to attend a BP Crew event at the Yankee Stadium. Keep up the great work and go Yankees. Well, well, job. Thank you for reading that. Uh, that was a long one. I, I, too, laughed at when he said that passing money down the line is brilliant. Like, yeah. I guess that, that hasn't made its way over to sporting events in Europe. But you know that they don't allow alcohol, the sale of alcohol, at European soccer games? I did not know that. I know that the alcohol was being sold into the 8th inning i think eighth or ninth inning even so they trust the baseball fans to get rowdy but not the soccer fans which which might be fair well i don't know i mean i'm sure this was part of what mlb had you know put as their guidelines like we got to sell beer we got contracts (laughs) we got contracts the home team probably you know whatever the red sox had a contract with whoever their beer vendor is probably you know because it's considered a home game they they you know needed that contract as well as part of right um what they do yearly so I just thought that was like sort of a good summary from someone who is a baseball fan in the UK and yeah. and is not familiar. Like you talked about how we were watching on TV and our perceptions of things and then yeah. what it's like for not an American-born person who's been to a thousand baseball games going over there, but someone who's never really experienced baseball as it is played 162 times a year. Well, you know, I, I, we've we've had reviews and people who have written us in the past uh, that that are from the UK or from a different part of the world that don't get to watch baseball all the time, that that have talked to us about you know the like just listening to us talk about it. They've learned so much about the game itself, and that's just because we talk about the ins and outs and the intricacies of the game because we've been watching it our whole lives. So yeah, I think when you're watching it live and in person for the first time, like Lee is here, it's you're seeing all these different things that you never would see on television. And you're also expecting a lot of the things that you're being fed on television in the ballpark. And I can see how it's confusing when you're, you know, in a big stadium, probably further away from the um, the actual play than you would normally would be in uh, in a stadium in the in the U.S. Depending on where you're sitting. But if both teams are wearing white, it could be a little confusing. That was also you know, a little weird, wasn't it? 
Yeah, it was weird because you don't see it. I mean, and from a distance, you don't see the pinstripes. You see a white uniform. So um, Sunday, at least the Red Sox wore red. Yeah, it's uh, it's there. Look, I think there's a, a, probably a lot of these interesting takes from what happened. I'd love to hear more. So if you guys were at the stadium and you haven't called into the voicemail, we have. I know we have a voicemail segment after this as well. Um, but I'd really love to hear more people's perspective from the UK who went to this game. So if you're listening to this and you live in the UK and went to this game, you know, get, you write us a, um, a mailbag or set, uh, leave us a voicemail because we, I'd love to hear your perspective on like the way that you thought this whole thing went down. Because I do think it, there's a very different perception from everybody in the US who watched this expecting a baseball game, but also a spectacle than when you were there. Because I think everybody who was there had a phenomenal time. Yeah. Next up, the, the question about LeMahieu. So from Benjamin Payne, when can we start the DJ for MVP hype? You ready to get on that train yet? You're goddamn right I'm ready to get on that train. LeMahieu came into Sunday 342, 395, 28 with a 143 WRC RC plus, hitting 480 with runners in scoring position, and he got three more hits, including a double with the, the bases loaded on Sunday. Look, these guys, I mean, this, this kid has come in here and just been like the, the, the big fundamental, the machine, whatever you want to call it, that's steady. Like that, this, he, he walks up to the plate with, you know, a very uh, non-dramatic demeanor, demeanor. He walks up like super cool, doesn't really like show you much emotion in any, in any capacity, whether it's him striking out, him getting a hit. He's pretty much the same guy. And he's fundamentally one of the best hitters I've seen in a very long time. And yeah. the way that he could spray the ball all over the place, like just his mechanics are just so clean and repeatable. And just if you're trying to teach your child how to how to play baseball defensively, offensively, watch DJ LeMahieu play because he does everything like textbook, the way that you're supposed to do it. And he could play, he's an elite defender at three positions. And I, I would have a very difficult time saying, I have a hard time believing anybody who says he couldn't go over to shortstop and play a very good shortstop. Yeah, I mean, he's probably not going to play it like Didi can play it, who we saw just absolutely put on a clinic at, at shortstop this weekend. But, yeah, LeMahieu's definitely their best defensive second baseman, their best defensive first baseman, and at least right behind Gio Urshela for best defensive third baseman. On he's not flashy like Urshela is making those plays, but he makes every single play over there. That's the thing with him is he makes every single – any play that's – you know, relatively routine. Like Lemayhu's gonna make that, and, and even the the um, the play to end the game, the the slow roller to first base. Thank God he's over at first base, and it's not Luke Voigt like lumbering to that ball because he probably would have been safe. Um, Lemayhu made a difficult play that looked. It was probably it was a pretty difficult play. It made it look very simple. Uh, he's just been a very steady hand. So yeah, when you're talking about MVP, you need but, two things. You need a guy to be. You need a guy to have put up unbelievable numbers, right? Because some people say MVP or slash best player in baseball, because that's really what it is, uh, depending on where your team is. I think it helps you that your team is on first. But the fact that the the um, narrative with the Yankees, that the, the big guys on the Yankees haven't done what, they're, what they expect to do, the fact that LeMahieu's been that big guy, Sanchez is right there, but LeMahieu has been um, just steady all the way through. And the fact that like he is extremely valuable for his team. I think it's going to be very hard for him to get all the MVP votes from a ra- from uh non-new york writers right you have to have the flashy numbers you have to have the highlights to get the votes from the non-local team writers that's why you're going to be competing with guys like mike trout for for mvp uh last year that's why mookie betts got all of the votes 
all, all the first place votes that he did is because he he checked the boxes of a lot of home runs, a lot of RBIs, a high batting average, and also a good team. Well, a good thing that LeMahieu was going to check the boxes for the home runs too. He's going to check the boxes. If he hits 22 home runs, yes, he hit more than I said he would hit, but that's not MVP level home run numbers. You don't have to have MVP home run numbers. I, I don't think. I think, I think you when, do. I don't. I think, you I, I think do. when you, I think when you're a guy like LeMahieu and you're looking at the old school baseball writers and you're looking at the guys who vote on this, a, a guy that could come over, play multiple positions, walk into New York, not really a Yankee because he's not. He walks into New York, plays oh, that role, plays fired. every position. Yeah, well, because I think that that's a that's part of partly a factor. I mean, there's there's a lot well, of people. Are, that, are you are you under the impression that you can only be a Yankee once you get a World Series? No, no, no. I'm not talking about a, not a Yankee from the Yankees' perspective. That's not what I mean. Oh, He's you a full, a, he is a full-blown Yankee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The shot's not fired by me. Let's get that straight. He, <laughs> he is he, shade at his boy. He is every bit of a Yankee to me. I'm talking about from the writer's perspective. That's what I'm speaking. He's still of. a Rocky. Don't. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I, he's just whatever he is. He's not. He hasn't been a Yankee for a long time. So I think he has a different outlook. He's won a batting title before. He's the guy that comes over. Uh, the runners, the situational uh, hits, the situational offensive numbers. I think are going to play a lot into that MVP. So I don't think he needs it. The fact that he is, you know, potentially going to be well above his average for home runs is you're seeing now a, a jump on that side too. And I think that. That leap from where he normally would be could could make his 22, 25, 30, whatever it is, make 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 it look much more attractive. So I, I think what you said earlier where voters who will look at it and say, oh, Aaron Judge missed a good portion of the season and didn't have the numbers because he missed time. Stanton missed basically the whole season so far. Who is the one who carried the Yankees? It's been LeMahieu and Sanchez. So yep. you might get some cannibalism for MVP votes right there. On the Yankees, yeah. no, it could happen. But again, you saw that last year with um, with Mookie Betts and JD Martinez, and and Mookie Betts and it didn't matter. Yeah, it didn't matter. Yeah. All right, what's up next? All right, next one is from Rick. He says, "I agree about Clint Frazier. We've had so many opinions on Clint Frazier. I'm not even sure what I'm about to read. Um, have you noticed his batting stance? It's all about flash. The stance with that front foot." Uh, looks very awkward, but Clint thinks it looks cool. I do hope the Yanks can get a good pitcher in return when they trade him, and trade him they will. So here, so it, it's kind of. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't agree with that. No. So I'm not. So it's ridiculous that um, this is where we are with the Clint Frazier hate, yeah. like criticizing. So now we're his saying, batting stance. Now Rick is saying that his batting stance, he yeah. does it just for flash, right? Are you like you serious? Like Rick, think about it. First of all, if he wasn't hitting and he was doing that batting stance, maybe he, then maybe you have, you'd have an argument like, "Oh, he just thinks it's cool," but it's working for him. He yeah, can. He's hit just the trying baseball. to get a better view for the cameras for his shoes. For his right, skates. right. He's got he's got the foot waggle out there. Yeah. Oh, I mean, he's already. Yeah, he's consulted the. Um, this he's is, consulted Nike, and Nike said this is the best angle when you're standing at home plate. This is the most. This will get the most clicks is, on Instagram. This is how you can. This is how the shadows and the lighting will be beautiful on your swoosh. See, this is the 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 level of hate for certain players. It gets it gets a little crazy. This is crazy. It's a little crazy. Yeah. I don't think that, um, that Clint Frazier, who makes his money hitting the ball, is going to mess with the, his stance only because something's cool. I certainly don't believe that. I think that Clint Frazier uh, hits the way he hits because he's comfortable hitting that way, and it works for him. 
It does now, look if you awkward. Talk- I'll give it to Rick. It looks a little awkward. His whole That's swing fine. looks a little awkward because he's very front foot heavy and he whips the bat through with his forearms. We heard about the lightning quick bat speed that Brian Cashman talked about when he, they traded he, for him. He gets he gets he, he comes out and and gets so much leverage on that front that yeah. the back comes up. It similar to what back. Bryce Harper does. The, similar to what Bryce Harper, where you see that back yeah. foot raise off the ground. Like not many guys do that. And it kicks to the third base dugout. Yeah. And I mean, like, if you look at the way that Judge is taught now and like the new swing to Judge House, a lot of it is keeping your weight back so that you can explode through and launch um, and, and, and launch the ball, but but keeping your weight behind you. He doesn't do that, and he can make up for it because his hands are so goddamn fast. Right. So whatever it is, it works for him. You know, it is what it is, and it works for him. I, that is one part of his game I'm not messing with. <laughs> right. I think he runs weird. Like, I don't think he looks cool when he runs. I think he looks kind of kind of weird. But see, this is what happens. A little uncoordinated. When he does stuff like he did with the media, the hate starts to go to unnecessary yes. levels. Yes. Yes. I, it's When you start... When you start to not like somebody, you look for anything. anything. Yep, yep. And everything. And I've like, done it with other players too. Oh, yeah. I've hated players have. for the most irrational reasons. Yes, like because they're short. I hated Brian or Dabak. Because, I, or because they have freckles. My least favorite Red Sox was Brian Dabak back in the 90s because in between pitches, he would take his helmet off, lick his hand, like the, the backside of his hand, and rub it on his forehead. It's different when you're hating an opponent. Like, Papelbon used to make a butthole with his mouth. I thought he looked like the dumbest person in the face of the planet. Kimbrell with the stupid crane thing. Like, I'm not going to lie. I was not looking forward to the stupid thing that Encarnacion does when he runs the bases. Like, I thought that was going to get really annoying. I've changed a little bit because he's now, now guy, he's in your laundry. And I don't give a shit. But, you know, when I'm, when I'm watching it from the other team, like, yeah, I can hate some things much, much faster um, when it's the other team. Like, Michael Chavis, I hate his face now. I it's hate fine. Michael Chavis, definitely. So there's a lot of things that, that can bother you, I think, when you're an opposing player. But when it's your own guy and you're looking for all these, like, that's like a different type of hatred. Um, speaking, you, can, you can relate to that, though. Fun fun uh, little tidbit on Encarnacion. He's the first Major League Baseball player to play in three continents in one year. Awesome. <laughs> I guess you don't think that's very cool. That's 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 a trivia question. It's, a, it's an answer to a trivia it's question. It's a trivia question. Next up is from Joe. You ready for some more get off my lawn talk? The Yankees will be wearing black uniforms for players weekend this year. I was in Amsher. Most of the fan base was fine with the last few years being blue gray combo, but a black uniform seems to me this is getting out of hand. Most, if not all of the players on this team understand the history of the Yankees. And I just wonder how they feel about wearing black unis. Guess this is just a get off my lawn rant. Look, I, I, I saw the whole thing about the black uniforms and that they're going to wear them. Uh, it, you know, again, they're, what, this is what's happening. They're trying to sell more merchandise. That's it. Bottom line. They're, they're looking for opportunities to sell more merchandise. And this is just another one for them to make an alternate jersey and an alternate uniform. And they're, they're doing it. So, look, I, I, when they did the players thing and they're putting the, the, the like XFL names on the back, you know, I've, I've already done this. You know, I, I don't care This anymore. is year three, I'm, right? This is year two or three. I think this is three. It's definitely more than two. This is three because it's not last year was not the so first. So they started it in 17. Yeah, I think so. But it, it just doesn't. I just don't care anymore. You know, I'm at that point. Like, it, And it didn't really bother me. It's like I, I, I roll my eyes at it. That's what it is. I just roll my eyes at it. Well, and I, we whatever. Roll- I, I just wish they would do some cool stuff. Like if you're going to do like my guy, uh, Brian Begley is a designer, right? He he actually drew um, the uh, the judge 
figure from the Murderer's Row sh- shirts, uh, the three characters there, and the the um, event shirt that we had, Backs Against the Wall. He drew that. He's an awesome artist, great designer. Look him up. Hire him if you're looking for a designer. He also does uniform design. He designed, I think, one of the alternate or maybe their new uniform. I'm not sure which one it was for the Durham Bulls. So he does like a lot of uniform design. He put up his, his version of the black uniform. And like he, he, what he does is he brings into historical context. He brings in things like different things from the, the team itself. He's a Yankee fan as well, which helps. So if they're going to do that, I hope they do it right at least or at least try to do some cool elements to it. So like I said, like if you're going to do something weird, like hire a good designer and make sure it's good. It, you know, like good for the weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think we we said, so at least my position on the whole Players Weekend thing wasn't that I was upset about it because, again, there's so many freaking baseball games that if you're upset over them not wearing the, the pinstripe uniform for a couple days, like, just get over it. But I was just like, who are they doing this for? Because it's not something that I would ever be like, oh, now I'm going to get into baseball because they're wearing these cool alternate uniforms with nicknames. Like, I'm not a huge basketball fan. I watch It's maybe, the kids, man. You're doing but, it for, a kid, but like, for kids. I watch maybe three basketball games a year. I will always watch three basketball games a year. It doesn't matter what kind of jerseys they wear. But they're not trying to get to you who's already set in your ways and uh, cynical, you know, as shit, walking through life. They're trying to get to the the the, the 8 to 10, 12-year-old kid who so says, oh, you, cool, this guy's now. got a new you're thing a dad on there. now. It, 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 could a kid be like, wow, all rise, alternate blue jersey. I, I must have that now. I must wear that now. And now I'm going to be a baseball fan. Possibly. Okay. I stand corrected. I mean, I, 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 my kid is not two years old yet, so he I'm looks not at asking any, you about Kemp. I'm he just looks at any, he looks is. at any baseball player, and he says Yankees. <laughs> it doesn't matter what uniform they're wearing. You're like, no, 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 no. That's the Red Sox. Do not. No, that's say fine. That. Like, I, no, I don't even correct him. Like, yes, baseball Yankees. Like, that's your association. Just get, that's just what I wanted. Get to that be. repetition going. Yeah, just get it in your head. But I, but I also have a nephew who last year has got got into shoes. And it's because I think kids are wearing different shoes. And he saw some some cool pairs of shoes. Cliff Frazier fan? I'm just no, he's not he's not a Yankee fan even. But he's you know, kids look at different things and they see different appeal, and I think that's what they're trying to go for. Yeah. And I'm sure it works at, on some level. All right. <clears throat> Last couple. Uh they go hand in hand. This one's from Sean. Can you get can you guys give Twin Cities BP Cruise own Lewis a big congratulations on getting married this past weekend? The man even danced to New York, New York with his bride on their wedding day. If that's not a hardcore Yankees fan, we don't know what is. Congrats, Lewis, from Sean and Sean, Twin Cities BP crew. Very nice. Yeah, Sean was so Sean was at the um, uh, event, the the Houston event that we just had. I got to meet him and his son, and I think his brother or his cousin. Um, but they go on a trip to a baseball stadium every year, and they they were able to come here. They're from Minnesota, obviously, nice. uh, and they're the captains of the um, of the chapter. Hey, out there. who so knows? Can, we might see a, a Yankees versus the Twins playoff series. Could happen, but congratulations, Lewis. Very cool. This one goes to, uh, to Drew Pintus's uh, question. If you could pick one current Yankee to attend your wedding, who would it be? This should be rather applicable to Andrew. All right, so who you got? So my first initial reaction was CeCe Sabathia. Then I realized he can't drink. Right. I was like, oh, nah. That might be mean, inviting him to, to a wedding with a nice cocktail hour and everything. And Aaron Judge. Just only, feel- only a cocktail hour? No, no. It's is, this, is, this, is this breaking news? Okay. <laughs> Scott. I was about to. I was about to join. I was about to join JJ's hate. Um, I mean, I was going to say Aaron Judge, but I feel like he draws too much attention. I don't want the attention off of me. Right. That's selfish. Is it? I mean, it's my. It's I mean, my yeah, day. I guess. You it's day. not your day. It's your. It's your wife's day. It's our day. 
It's I'm her, told. It's her I'm day. told it's our day. It's her day. Uh, so I think I probably have to go DJ LeMahieu right now. <laughs> wow, you, I feel like you choked into that answer. No, nah, I just said it because of our bet. Yeah, LeMahieu um, would not be the guy. Like I love LeMahieu, probably not the guy I'm inviting. He'd just be packing lip in the back. Yeah, he'd be, he'd be hanging out. I mean, he'd be like he'd be one of the guys that's not dancing and just hanging out. Uh, I would invite Glaber Torres because I feel like Glaber is a fun dude. I like that he wears number 25. He's, he's becoming one of my, uh, it's hard to say my, I have favorite Yankees anymore because I like them all. Um, but I like his youthful exuberance. I think he would bring a, a, a lot of fun to it. So I'm, I'm bringing, I think he'd bring, you know, a little bit of a uh, little bit of uh, you know, some different dance moves. I've seen, we've seen him and Didi do the, uh, do the, do the dance moves together so he can move better than I can. And he'd be fun. So I'm, I'm bringing Glaber. See, it's tough for the – like, this is such an easy question if you're talking about, like, of the last 25, 30 years because then you just invite David Cohn and give him a plus one and he brings David Wells. I mean, that would be fun too. Yeah. You said the worst answer, though. I, I feel like I feel like you just kind of choked into that one. Well, I, said, I got to tell you – I said CC Sabathia and then, and then I moved to Aaron Judge. Then I trickled my way down to, to DJ LeMahieu because he's you hitting know what, almost me, 500 with run, this, runners on base. This is a very good time to bring this up, okay? This is a very good time to bring this up. This is, this is kind of the part where, like, you know, when the beginning of the season where we all do our predictions, we've talked about this, we've covered this, I've made a lot of predictions, I've made the good ones, pretty much all of them are good, and now Luis Sessa, don't, don't call it a comeback, is, is, is trying to get out back on this, uh, this, this Scott's prediction train, so we'll see, we'll see what happens. He still, but, can't, he still has to prove he can pitch in North America. Look, the bottom line is, is you made one prediction, and your one prediction bombed horribly. Gary Sanchez? Nope. I mean, not Gary Sanchez, Giancarlo? No. No. Oh, the John Sterling calls? Yeah, he didn't do that. John, John Sterling, Sterling did not change one call. Oh, that's bullshit, though. How does he what? not do that? But he didn't. That's. I blame John Sterling. What are you doing? This is your time to shine. Your one prediction. Not You're only making did me you, look bad, John. Not only did you say that he was going to change every call for the British, not only did he not change every call, but he did not change one call. He was probably he still kept, jet-lagged. Every single call the same. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really just been a disaster of a season for you personally. <laughs> Me personally, but the Yankees go. are not disastrous. So, I'll, yeah, so maybe this is a good thing. You know, if the Yankees win a World Series, then you're going to have to make horrible predictions and I'm going to have to make very accurate ones. So we'll see what happens. Um, but, yeah, we have some housekeeping to talk about real quick, though. Go for it. The uh, upcoming events. So we're set and ready to go. If you're watching, you can see my shirt. Uh, Bronx Power Company is what we're wearing down to Tampa. I kind of talked about it last time. Shirts came out phenomenal. They're already out in the mail. Um, all the tickets, if you went, the tickets will be going out this week um, to you. So do not worry about them. They're going to be electronically transferred to you. And I'm very excited. We have, I think, 85 people going to that game somewhere around there. Um, going to be a blast. The next one, July 20th. My dates were wrong when I said that the, the tickets were going to be off sale this past week. That's not true. We have this week that we're going to sell them uh, through as well. I, ha- I was a week off. For the Rockies game for the Rockies game on July 20th at Yankee Stadium. So we will be selling those tickets through um, Friday, I believe. Through Friday, maybe even July this weekend. 5th. But, but Friday, July 5th will be the most likely be the uh, the cutoff for the T-shirts, at least. And we'll probably sell some tickets after that. But the T-shirts, if you want them, probably going to place that order on that day. And that, that uh, game is 69 bucks, right? Yeah. 69 uh, bucks. Th- Saturday afternoon game against the Rockies. They're probably going to be just crying that my, DJ my new on their wedding team in, invitee is, is not on their team anymore. 
he wouldn't come to your, he would actually turn your wedding invitation down. See, that's the thing. No one, I don't want any of the Yankees at my wedding because they're going to be busy that day. Well, yeah, but I mean, even if they weren't busy that day, he would turn it down because you had no faith in him and you hate kids or freckles. So, uh, and then the last event is Saturday, August 31st versus Oakland. That will be our, uh, our wrap up. And then I just want to make one other quick announcement, something I haven't really talked about on the show, but I've talked to other people. If you've gone to an event with us this year, we're doing something a little bit different. We are going to be doing some playoff games. I've already talked to our guys in the ticket office. If you've come to an event with us, um, you are first in line to get tickets through us in the games. And basically what that means is that it may, it will probably be in section 205, but it's very possible that we could get other seats as well from another section. Um, but we're going to have them well ahead of time already reserved. It's not going to be a freaking shit show where you got to run to get your tickets online and, um, and, you know, sit there, click, 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 click before they sell out and then try to get them aftermarket. You're going to be on a list with us and, and getting tickets. So we're going to have a block of tickets. Um, and we're going to set that up ahead of time. So there's going to be some details on how it's going to work because you got to reserve tickets ahead of time and all this other crap. But, um, just know that. So if you are coming to an event and you're, or if you're looking for playoff tickets later on, if that does become a thing and we get into the playoffs, we have playoff tickets available. We are going to be doing some tickets to that. So all the people that attended with the BP grew events will be, uh, first in line for those tickets. Very good. You done with all the housekeeping? That's it. Nice. So this is kind of like uh, we passed a checkpoint in the season. London seemed like a milestone for a while, didn't it? Yeah, it did. We've been looking forward to it. Yeah, and we moved past. Yankees passed it with flying colors. They've had an excellent first half of the season, ready to move into the second half. I know the All-Star break is like the first half, second half, but as far as 81 games go, the Yankees are past it, and they are, they've are they gotten a seven-game lead over Tampa before they go and play them for four games. So good stuff. Uh, we do have voicemails to end the show. Very excited to listen to these, so stay tuned for those. If you guys want to call the voicemail line, 646-480-0342. Maybe tell us who you want to go from the Yankees to your wedding. That's a good one. And why? There you go. Uh, hey, look, I just hope they don't have a, a hangover from this this uh, this uh, this trip and they can come in and play some good baseball because there's a big series coming this weekend. And, um, yeah, we're going to be there with lots of uh, fanfare, so I'm pumped up for it. Good stuff. We'll talk to you Thursday. Believe it or not, George isn't at home. Please leave a message at the beep. I must be out before I pick up the phone. Where could I be? <laughs> Believe it or not, I'm not home. Scott and Andrew, this is Sean from the Twin Cities DP Crew Chapter. Just watched Didi go yard. What a great freaking weekend. Um, the Yanks are killing the Sox. It's amazing. It's amazing to watch how bad the Sox really are when you get past their starting pitching, which, other than sale and price, isn't fantastic. Uh, I'm super excited for the second half of the season. And uh, I hope that DJ wins the uh, the MVP here. Go Yanks! Hey, what's up, guys? It's Dan, uh, captain of the BP Crew Hartford chapter. Had a great first event. Looking to do another one uh, in July for sure, and uh, a couple going forward before the end of the year. Um, sitting here watching the end of the uh, game two in London. Chance Adams just had a rough eighth. Um, what I do have to say about the London series, personally, is, I mean, it's been exciting. You can't say that. The offense has been incredible. Um, both pitching staffs have been horrendous. Although the Yankees bullpen up until Adams after uh, Tarpley today actually did a really good job. Um, hopefully they can get back home to the States, um, settle down pitching-wise. Ch- uh, Cashman can make a couple moves. 
uh, definitely needs to go get at least a one top tier arm, you know, one, even a two guy. Um, hopefully Seve comes back from his way to setback and they can add him. They need at least an arm. Um, I know it goes without saying, possibly two. Um, I think they'll settle down. Bullpen's still been pretty solid. Uh, it was fun to watch the whole, the whole thing unfold in London. Um, hope you guys are doing well. Um, if you haven't, uh, check this out when you're in the general Hartford area. Uh, check out the BP crew. I've been Last year, Sonny Gray ruined my birthday with his awful pitching. This year, birthday great. Yankees sweep the Red Sox. They're 11th games back. Let's fucking go. Day, that's game over. Yankees win. Taking the sweep. Let's go beat these Mets for two games, and then I'll see you boys on Saturday at the drop. Let's, let's bring those flashlights down, all right? What's up, guys? This is Taylor from the BP Crew Chapter out here in Salt Lake City, Utah. Just got done watching the Yankees dominate the London series, embarrass the Red Sox in front of the whole world, even though Chance Adams might have tried his absolute hardest to keep that from happening. Either way, Yankees, 11 games up on the Red Sox. Keep it rolling, boys. Oi, 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 it's Danny from London. I don't know about pandemonium in the Bronx, but it's anarchy in the UK, or problem in Britain after the Yankees swept the Boston Red Sox. They build this as the old rivalry in, in, old rivalry in the new grounds, but really it's just the same result with the Yanks, the Bronx Bombers, bashing up Boston once again. You know all the facts and figures, sort of, sort of like a, a zillion runs scored against the, the rubbish Red Sox, their bullpen imploding. The main was, was Major League Baseball, really, because this, this was just outstanding. Everyone really enjoyed it. There was more Yank fans here than Red Sox. It's just brilliant. Go Yanks. See you all soon. Love you all. Looking forward to uh, the parade in the Canyon of Heroes. And uh, keep up the good work. Brilliant meeting JJ, Keith and his lovely uh, wife-to-be, Nicole. Fantastic crew come over. Top guys. See you soon. Oh, shout out to my dog, Bronx Bomber. Follow him at home if you're English. He's uh, going to be a star. Bye-bye now. Well, 1776 happened, and I'm glad because baseball is meant to be played here in America, not in London. Wow, that was something. Um, crappy stadium, 18 miles of foul territory, surface of the sun shining into the field. Goodbye, London. More importantly, goodbye, Boston. Um, it just shows that the Yankees, you could fly them to any continent, and they own the Red Sox. You could fly him to Pluto. We'll still beat him. Um, Boston, you guys suck. Number 28 coming at you. Go Yanks. Sweep! Yankee sweep Red Sox in my hometown, London. Let's go Yankees. Bit of conspiracy theory on the first game. Bit of a high-scoring game, but nonetheless, Yankees sweep the Red Sox game one. Game two, smash them again. Seventh inning, dominated. Absolutely love it. Let's go, Yankees. Top of the morning. This is Jack from London. First time caller, never listener. I'm just calling because I met the Georgia's box boys. Great boys, great boys, great lads. That he's strapping lad, very beefy. And that JJ, that lad does fancy a pint. And on my opinion alone, could easily, easily kick. And his arse. Uh, maybe I'm from maybe I'm from Dublin. I don't know. Uh, great series. My question for you: Do you regret not coming and acting as an actual fan? Um, the Queen Mum missed you. Uh, I'll hang up and not listen.
Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.